It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I was out yesterday on the show. I had to duck up to uh, Washington, uh, D.C. really quick to go talk to some people up there. I am now back. I'll be here for the rest of the week before I head down to Texas A&M and Alabama this weekend for Big Noon. Next weekend, I will be in Knoxville, the 15th, for the Alabama-Tennessee game. And then we're doing a cool uh, uh, congenital heart uh, uh, for young kids, a uh, a fundraiser with Luke Bryan. All that's going to be on Saturday morning um, on the 22nd. That's the next three weeks where I'm going to be. All right. We got a lot of drama to talk about um, on many different facets of life. I'm going to give you all my 10 college football gambling pick winners. Um, and uh, we got a lot to dive into here. So right off the top, though, I want to talk about all this Herschel Walker drama. Herschel Walker is going to be the next senator from Georgia. In my opinion, he is going to beat Raphael Warnock. And Democrats know it. And Democrats are getting increasingly nervous as we sit here 34 days from the midterm. A little bit less than five weeks. A little bit over a month. Um, and they know that they are going to lose in Nevada. Adam Laxalt is going to win that race. They're going to lose a seat there. Uh, they are very nervous they're going to lose in Georgia. They're nervous they're going to lose in Arizona. We just had Tiffany Smiley on. She's running a whale of a campaign in Washington. Uh, Georgia, Joe O'Day. Uh, sorry, Colorado, Joe O'Day. There's a lot of different places out there. New Hampshire with uh, Donald Balduck. A lot of different places out there where Democrats are on the defensive. And their most strong, uh, their strongest campaign probably is in Pennsylvania. And Fetterman is falling apart. Everything surrounding the Fetterman campaign is completely falling apart. As I've told you for several weeks now, I think Dr. Oz is going to win that race. I bring all this up for this reason. And our friend Ron Johnson in Wisconsin, they're talking about pulling all of their money on Mandela Barnes out of Wisconsin because Ron Johnson, I believe, is out to a minus 400 favorite in the gambling markets to be reelected in the state of Wisconsin. I bring all of this up because it's the underlying reason why Democrats are desperately putting their allies in the media to work trying to tear down Herschel Walker. What happened here is on Sunday, New York Times sent a white reporter to Wrightsville, Georgia to write a piece saying Herschel Walker's not black enough to represent the state of Georgia. Next day, Daily Beast comes out with a story about Herschel Walker allegedly paying for an abortion. Uh, back in 2009, whatever it is, 13, 14 years ago. Um, and my point on this is, is pretty straightforward. I don't understand how anybody could not vote for Herschel Walker because Joe Biden is the worst president of our lives. And if you vote for Raphael Warnock in Georgia, you are giving a rubber stamp supporter of Joe Biden another term in the Senate, during which time he will advocate for higher inflation, 
Joe Biden has got the highest inflation in 40 years, will not support our military, uh, will not support our ability to defend ourselves in this country, murder rates skyrocketing, won't support our ability to defend the southern border, and also you're supporting someone who has rubber-stamped everything that Joe Biden has wanted for the first two years of his term. On that alone, it's a binary choice. You're either for Joe Biden and you vote for Raphael Warnock, or you're not and you vote for Herschel Walker. Herschel is winning right now, and Democrats are desperate to retain the Senate, which is why they are throwing everything they can at Herschel Walker on a personal level. And let me just be clear about this. I've been consistent, unlike most people. I want someone who can do a good job. I don't particularly get obsessed with morals. I'm a dad. I like to think that I'm a good dad. But if I were a surgeon and you needed open-heart surgery, would you care whether I was a good dad or would you want the best surgeon? If you were on an airplane and you had a pilot... You probably would like for your pilot to be a really good husband. But would you really care if the pilot were a great husband if all you were concerned about was whether he could land the plane and you were going to go away safe? My point on this is if you are getting attacked based entirely on your personal life, it's probably a sign that everyone out there does not have good attack ads on you for what you actually would do or believe politically. Georgia is more in line with Herschel Walker than it is Raphael Warnock. And they are desperate because they've spent over $50 million to try to destroy Herschel Walker's candidacy, and he's still winning. And they are going to throw every scintilla of personal attack that they can at Herschel Walker over the next 34 days because they know that Brian Kemp is going to win and Brian Kemp is going to win and destroy Stacey Abrams and also that Herschel Walker is going to win and they're trying desperately to keep that from happening. So that's the underlying story. And look, Democrats were fine with Bill Clinton uh, smoking cigars and and, and giving all sorts of uh, attention to his intern, Monica Lewinsky, in the Oval Office. They were fine with Bill Clinton staying in office. They didn't care about any of the issues that came with sleeping with or engaging in sexual activity with an intern. They were fine with Ted Kennedy driving his car off the road in Chappaquiddick and killing a woman. They re-elected him six times in Massachusetts. They're fine right now with John Fetterman by far the worst candidate nominated by either party. The guy can't even speak. He almost died in May. He had a bad stroke. He literally cannot speak cogently for more than a minute or two in a row. The number one responsibility of any senator is to speak and advocate for his constituency. They just don't care. They are not in any way actually making things better. And they know it, and they don't have anything to run on when it comes to inflation in the economy, when it comes to the border, when it comes to crime, and to the fact that they were wrong about whether schools could reopen, whether we needed to wear masks, all of those things. And so they're attacking Herschel Walker personally. Herschel had one of his best days ever fundraising on the web 
uh, after all these attacks. I'd encourage you to go support him. I know we have a monster audience in Georgia. In fact, Atlanta is our biggest audience, I believe, for OutKick. Actually, I got that wrong. Chicago is our biggest audience. Atlanta is number two. We have a monster audience at OutKick in both places. All over the state of Georgia, you need to go cast your ballot for Herschel Walker. He's the better choice. Not perfect. Everything about Herschel Walker is not perfect, but he is by far the better choice than the Reverend Raphael Warnock. Uh, We just had Tiffany Smiley on the show, and I've got to tell you, um, what the Seahawks are doing to her husband is indefensible. In 2014, the Seahawks had Tiffany Smiley's husband come and raise the 12th man flag. They gave him a jersey with his name on it. That was back when you could actually support police and uh, you could support the military in the NFL. And he sits for just a couple of seconds in an advertisement that his wife is doing running for the United States Senate against Patty Murray, and the Seahawks sent him a cease and desist. That's despite the fact that they are allowing a huge number that I have seen of Democrats to do ads wearing Seattle Seahawks jerseys and not complaining about it one iota. Uh, The Seahawks should be ashamed. And we have a request for comment into the Seahawks asking them why they allowed all of these left-wing Democrat candidates to wear their jerseys and put it in their campaign materials and didn't say a word. And then they came after Tiffany Smiley. So uh, this is worth paying attention to because it's just more dishonesty from, uh, from Democrats out there with their allies, unfortunately, even in the sports media. Um, so this is, uh, this is not good, obviously, uh, but they have decided to put in 2 million more barrels a day, uh, restrict that is, 2 million more barrels a day, put in a quota, uh, a limitation in Saudi Arabia as gas prices are about to skyrocket up and we are going to continue to deal with the failures of the Biden administration, um, which is why they're now going aggressively after everybody on personal issues because they failed on everything. Hey, Clay Travis here. Hope you guys are enjoying OutKick. The show will have more coming back next. All right. Since gas prices are going up, since the Saudis are refusing to pump more gas, despite the fact that Biden traveled to Saudi Arabia and gave a fist bump to MBS, it didn't work. As a result, I have got three winners, sorry, 10 winners for all of you, which will help you deal with the massive increase in gas prices under Joe Biden. Friday night, Nebraska, minus three at Rutgers. Uh, Nebraska, better team, more talented team. This opened as a pick Money pouring in on Nebraska to take down Rutgers. Rutgers has lost by 17 to Iowa, 39 to Ohio State. I think they lose by 10 to Nebraska. I'm on the Cornhuskers, minus three. Arkansas, Mississippi State. I'm on the over 61 and a half. Uh, As we wait for official news about K.J. Jefferson, Arkansas's quarterback, I think that Mississippi State is going to score points, and I also believe that Arkansas will 61 and a half Not high enough. Give me the over in Stark Vegas. Tennessee on the road against LSU. This might be battered vol syndrome, but I do not believe that Tennessee is going to get to 5-0 and beat LSU, even though this is a noon Eastern kick. Um, I just don't think Tennessee's defense is good enough. I think that LSU covers this three. I am going to take LSU, the Bayou Bengals, plus three. In the event that Tennessee wins to get to 5-0, 
we're setting up potentially the first matchup of undefeated Alabama and Tennessee teams since all the way back in 1989. Georgia blows out Auburn. I don't think that Auburn's going to be able to score an actual touchdown. They didn't play well. The Bulldogs didn't against Missouri. I think Georgia plays very well at home against Auburn. Beats Auburn so bad that Brian Harson may get fired. Dogs win 42-3. to Utah-UCLA, I'm taking the under 65 and a half. Utah's defense, I believe, will throttle UCLA's offense. Utah, other than that first week against Florida, has played very, very well. I am on the Utes to take the air out of this game under 65 and a half is the play. Ole Miss Vandy plus 18. Vandy coming off a bye. Ole Miss coming off a big win over Kentucky. Going to be a meek environment in Nashville. Vanderbilt takes advantage of it, gets out early, takes the lead. I like the Commodores to cover the 18. Ohio State goes to Michigan State, blows out the Spartans who will fall to two and four. Buckeyes by over 30. And Iowa, Illinois, Brett Bielema, has Illinois back on a roll. They are sitting right now at uh, three and one or four and one. I can't remember, uh, but they've won. Illinois has their last three games by 21, 31, and 24. 24-21 is the final. That is nearly 10 points over the 35 and a half number and going to be down in Tuscaloosa. As I said, we don't know about Bryce Young's health. I don't think he's going to be 100%. I think he may not even play. As a result, I am taking Texas A&M. This number has gotten all the way up to 24 with time to prepare. I think this A&M defense will perform better than they did in uh, Starkville last week. I'm taking A&M to cover the 24. And NC State, I am taking minus the three to take down FSU. Those are my college football gambling picks. We are going 10-0. Aaron Judge hit 62 last night. They've been interrupting and showing these Aaron Judge at-bats for two weeks now. He's still 11 behind uh, the home run king, Barry Bonds. Mark McGuire also behind him and Sammy Sosa. I understand the steroids era happened. Congratulations to Aaron Judge on joining Babe Ruth, Roger Maris, an elite company for the Yankees and in the American League. But I think this story, by and large, has often been overplayed uh, because we're still dealing with a guy who is 11 home runs behind the all-time record. Congrats to Aaron Judge. He had a phenomenal season. And I understand why if you're a Yankee fan, you have been obsessed with this story. But the home run king is still Barry Bonds. And until we end up in a situation where Major League Baseball officially scrubs that record, then Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa all have more home runs than Aaron Judge, even though we know that they all cheated. Uh, Brady and Giselle are evidently headed for a divorce. This feels unfortunate to me. Brady's 45 years old. Feels like he promised Giselle that he was not going to keep playing football and then went back on that promise. Giselle, according to uh, everyone out there following this closely, has been appearing in public without her wedding ring. They have both obtained divorce attorneys. They both have two young kids. I would like for them to stay together. But it appears that Giselle is going to file file for divorce. This makes me wonder, frankly, how many more years is Tom Brady going to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? It also makes me wonder, uh, what's going to happen here for Brady? Is this divorce going to be a mess for him on the field and impact the way that he is playing. And 
Also, is it going to impact uh, what's going to go on going forward for him from a health perspective? There's all sorts of questions about this. But ultimately, it appears that from Giselle's perspective, Tom Brady picked football over her. This explains why Brady left training camp for 11 days to try to persuade Giselle, it appears, to come back and, uh, and, and stay married to him. But she seems to be done. We'll see how exactly this plays out. But Brady, it appears, going to be a single guy. Can you imagine how wild that's going to be uh, for him out on uh, the dating circuit? Speaking of the dating circuit, Howard Stern hasn't been out of his house for two years. He has stayed in a COVID bunker somewhere in New York City. He finally emerged and went out to dinner. And this has turned into an issue for the Washington Post because rightfully, a, uh, a Washington Post writer said in response to this story about Howard Stern leaving his bunker to go out to dinner for the first time in two years, a uh, Washington Post writer said, at some point, we're going to need to begin a conversation about the people still too afraid to leave their homes because of COVID. I personally know of two such cases. This is not a healthy way to live. This is crazy. There are still a lot of people out there broken by COVID. I have not changed really the way that I have lived since COVID happened in March. I didn't give up two years of my life. I've continued to live in a completely normal fashion. So have most Americans. There's about 20 or 30% of the public, all of whom are, generally speaking, far left-wing Democrats who have been so terrified of COVID that they won't even leave their house. So that Washington Post reporter shares that opinion. And then another Washington Post reporter, Taylor Lorenz, follows up with it by saying, what an absurd, insensitive thing to post. Thousands are dying per week. Millions are disabled and we have zero effective drugs that prevent infection. Immunocompromised people don't deserve condescending comments about being too afraid of a virus that can kill or severely disable us. COVID is so far down the list of dangers that exist in America for the vast majority of the American public. You are in more danger getting into your car and driving to and from work or taking your kids to school than you are from COVID actually doing something to you. Uh, Just about everybody has already had COVID. These people are, in my opinion, fundamentally broken. Finally, I was up in New York City for Buck Sexton, my radio show co-host, engagement party last week. Some of you know that. And uh, on Saturday night, Buck and I and Jesse, along with someone that that I was interviewing to potentially join OutKick, and become a part of our uh, OutKick family, were out to have a drink post-dinner on the rooftop of the Peninsula Hotel. Very nice hotel in New York City. Uh, We are out having a drink, and Jesse says, hey, I'm going to order all of us a Casa Dragones um, uh, tequila shot. Casa Dragones... Really high-end tequila, fabulous tequila, 
actually owned by the CEO of iHeart, which is the uh, radio stations and the company that produces the Clay and Buck show. Bob Pittman, great guy, has Casa Dragones. So he asks if they have it. Buck says, hey, that's going to be really expensive. And Jesse just kind of waves it off. They bring us four shots of Casa Dragones tequila. $75 a shot. Jesse Kelly orders $300 in tequila shots. Not even blinking. $75 a shot. Your boy has the whole tab. Buck and I talking about it on radio show. Jesse claims that he's the victim. He had no idea what it was going to cost. We were drinking wine. He doesn't like wine. He can't have wine. Well, he had an old-fashioned. I like old-fashions too. I was just sharing a bottle of wine. Because in order to be on the rooftop, you had to get a bottle of something. So we had a bottle of wine. And Jesse won't drink it. Oh, red wine's not good enough for him. So he gets an old-fashioned. That's usually my order. No begrudging that. And then he orders four shots of tequila. And now he's trying to blame your boy for pointing out, hey, this is a $75 shot. Let me just say this. Expected better from Jesse Kelly. Jesse hosts a show on Premier Networks, 6 to 9 p.m. East Coast. He's going to be on the Clay and Buck show Friday to try to defend himself. But let me just be clear. This is the kind of thing Kamala Harris did back when she was dating married men. She would probably go out with him in Sacramento, go out with him in San Francisco, kick up the heels, order $75 tequila shots, let other people pay for it, not even have to worry about it. I expected better from Jesse Kelly. I didn't expect him to go full-on Kamala Harris. But this is where we are. All right, I got to go pick up my kids from school. Then I got a Little League baseball game. Try not to get kicked out. Uh, this has been Outkick the Show. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. I appreciate all of you. Thanks for making Outkick such a wild success. Let's set records again in October. And thank you for hanging out with us. See y'all.